0: you mm-hmm. I'm Charlie Rositer, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Our feature today is Monica Prince, who teaches at Susquehanna University and got me really involved in our conversation before we came on the air. She's a managing editor of the Santa Fe Writers Project Quarterly, a multi-genre artist who writes poetry, creative nonfiction, memoir, drama, and more. And her works have beautiful titles like Letter from the Other Woman. How to exterminate the black woman, and instructions for temporary survival, and that last one, by the way, she got a wonderful little comment from Jericho Brown, who said it's a beautiful debut. And um, I hope we could start with uh, the thing that you do that is most distinctive, which is the choreo poem, and Absolutely. just tell us what that's about, because many people, if they've seen one, maybe it wasn't called the choreo poem. Or maybe I've never ever seen one or seen it.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So the choreo poem is a choreographed series of poems that includes uh, live performance poetry, dance, music, art, um, and other kinds of performance media, right? And it was originally coined by Endosaki Shange in 1975 with her choreo poem for colored girls who've considered suicide when the rainbow's enough, which is on Broadway. It's coming to Broadway in April. So everybody go see it. Mel A. Brown is directing it on Broadway. So everyone go see it. Uh, It's a phenomenal award-winning show. And so that particular show was, it, it was one of many choreo poems that And Asaki Shange has written, um, had written, she passed away in 2018. And it's just an incredible genre. And so what I do, what I've done with the genre is that I take the same elements of performance poetry, dance, music, and art, and then I add even more forms of performance media. Uh, With my first show back in college, Testify, I had a live artist on stage who would be painting during one of the poems. And at the end of every show, she would give away the painting. And it was kind of this experience where if you weren't there, you weren't there. Um, and then in graduate school, my other choreo poem, Something to Keep Me Vertical, I had a student on my cast who was a parkour enthusiast. So he was doing backflips everywhere and like running on the walls, and it was incredible and wild. And then in How to Exhibit the Black Woman, I actually have a poem in there called Vinyasa, where the poet like the the character, her name is Fury, and a couple of other dancers on stage actually perform a yoga routine. And it's so it's like there's all kinds of different elements of performance involved in the choreo poem. And what I really appreciate about the genre is that it breaks that fourth wall. It's not just drama on stage. It's also interaction with the audience. Uh, last year I teach I teach uh, activist in performance writing at Susquehanna University in Pennsylvania. And we I teach a class called the Choreopoem. And last year, because everything was online, my students wrote a virtual choreo poem that was called Given the Option. And it was a choose your own adventure type of like experience where they talked about the pandemic and they walked Mm -hmm. us through like late 2019 all the way to April, 2021. And so they walked through like, when we first heard the reports, how people thought it was gonna be over in a couple of weeks, lockdown, um, the Black Lives Matter protests, uh, the reopening protests, um, the vaccine, the insurrection, um, the election, like all kinds of stuff. Like they went through the whole of 2020, a little bit before and a little bit after. And they made a, a statement about how important it is that we learn from this experience. And so, The way to do that was to make sure that the audience was invested. So instead of just like listening passively, the audience had to respond to choose which direction we were going to go in the poem. Were we going to get vaccinated? Were we going to wear a mask? Um, Were we going to stay during lockdown? Were we going to use technology to keep interacting with people or were we just going to play video games and not speak to anyone evermore. And so all kinds of things like that. And it was a lot of fun, but the benefit is that it was really about getting the audience involved, which is the real distinction between the choreo poem and traditional drama.
0: I remember, yeah, I remember um, when my son was younger, there were some books that had that kind of a a feature. yeah. At the end of a chapter you could, and you go to page 82 or else go to page 65, depending Mm -hmm. on what you choose. And so you, you, So every night you had a different performance uh, because obviously the decisions were different.
2: Yeah, it was I love those books. Love those books. Wow.
0: Wow. It makes for such an interesting performance. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure this is very popular with audiences.
2: (laughs) It's a lot of fun. (laughs) It's so much fun. You're not just
0: sitting there passively. I mean, you really get into it.
2: Whoa. Yeah, and I think that's important because I love, because I'm, I'm the kind of person, I'm the person nobody ever wants to go to movies with because I like talk to the screen. But I don't talk to the screen in the sort of sense that I expect them to hear me so much as like I'm invested in what's happening. Okay. So <laughs> I'm not even talking to the screen. I'm just mostly talking to myself. I'm like, why are you doing that? Don't go there. <laughs> so things like that, which is why I watch movies alone in my house because nobody, yeah. no one is going to get mad at me for talking to the movies.
0: <laughs> Don't get out of the basement. Exactly. have <laughs> you figured that out? Don't you ever see you a You never go
2: to the basement. You never I, go to the basement. Ever. Don't investigate alone with the power out. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we hear,
0: uh, hear a poem?
2: Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. I, I should
0: mention, by the way, folks, with, with the choreo poem, of course, you're not going to get any visual right now. So you should get yourself to YouTube and just type in choreo poem. And there are examples there that will, they vary. So it's nice. You can get a sampling by just, you know, clicking around the way we do when we go to YouTube.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm going to read one from How to Exterminate the Black Woman. So the premise of How to Exterminate the Black Woman is that there is a Black woman named Angela. And Angela is the center of the whole show. Uh, And she comes out on stage and she performs this poem called Instructions for Temporary Survival. Uh, And she, and it's basically a poem that tells her that she, she wants to stay here. She wants to like create, you know, legacy on earth, but like she lives in a country that really doesn't care about her and doesn't want her to be happy, doesn't want her to survive. And so the overwhelming sort of existential crisis of it all fractures her into six different women. And those six women, I always forget all four, there's six, I always miss one. Um, so the six women are, let me make sure I get it, uh, loss, fear, silence, expectation, fury, and new.
1: Mm. And
2: so these different characters are represented by different colors. And as they perform the show. They they each are basically essential parts of Angela if she only walked around the world that way. Fury represents the angry black woman. Fear represents the terrified black woman. Expectation represents twofold, like the expectation to continue the legacy of black people by giving birth to children, but also the expectation of what it means to be a black woman and so on and so forth. And so they all, because they all represent these individual parts of, Angela, the only person who is determined to put Angela back together is New. Um, And that's important because she's the only character named after an adjective instead of a noun. And so (laughs) New, yeah, I'm specific, the poetry, poet in me. Uh, And so, so she performs, every time New comes on stage, she performs a poem that she hopes will just put Angela back together. And she gets frustrated because she realizes at this point, it's right before it's, this is the poem I'm gonna read right before she gets frustrated that it doesn't matter what she says, she needs everyone involved in order to put Angela back together. And so the poem that forces her to think through that is this last, one of the last poems of the show, which is called Black Girl Magic Origin Story. In the beginning, I loved with my eyes closed, hands folded in prayer. I asked the four mothers for strength, open my chest, give me a girl whose body bleeds with the power of every woman who ruled before her and knew the capability of an exposed heartbeat. And they did. I placed my own heart into the crib, kissed you, kept the nursery door closed. My body made babies because my mother and the ones before her all said, we bring girls into life, not to sustain this world, but to enrich it. What power in your generation child to know the gifts you possess. Here's what I know. One day you will consider if breaking your heart for a child surpasses bringing your legacy to a close. Not every woman wants to be a mother. Not every goddess crafts excellence into a girl. And yet your soul has an ancient power instilled in you at birth. I felt your power in my blood the moment I knew you would come. I danced to your heartbeat, poured out wine in your honor, prayed closely around your promised body. As your mother, I braided the universe in your hair, baby girl. You're the reason I believe in invincible Black girls, why not even bullets can extinguish your power, why your voice weakens hurricanes. They should know better than to question the footsteps of your heart. You are not free until we're all free. And we're close, I can see it. Can you, my miracle? The original mothers called for you purposefully. If you become a mother, pray to them and light candles and sing for a little girl who dances wildly, who conjures empowering revolutions with her hips, her outspread fingers, know this child. Brilliance is your birthright. Your heart cries queen, for you are magic dressed in royal clothes. This mother delivered a powerful black girl, you. I closed my eyes, stopped my heart, and knew my baby will change the world.
0: Mm, all right. Uh, how, did, how, uh, how did you get to this? I mean, uh, were you a literature major? Were you a poetry, I mean, a, a theater major or?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, no. <laughs> I was a creative writing major in college All right. um, with a minor of the pedagogy of poetry. So I was trained to teach poetry um, as mm-hmm. well as write it. I was going to be a high school English teacher, actually. Um, and when I I, w- I studied abroad and I wrote a whole bunch more poems then I went to my internship at a school and I was like, oh, well, maybe you should probably just be a poet. Um, so... <laughs> okay. So that's what I did. Um, and I was drawn to choreo poems because when I first read Antisaki Change's For Colored Girls, I was 17 and I cried the entire time I read that book. Like I read it out loud alone in my house and I was just like, oh, this is what like words can do. Um, Cause I've been writing my whole life but like there was something way different about sitting with a book that blended all the things I wanted to do. Cause I was a slam poet already but I didn't know you could dance And play music and sing and use preps. Like, I didn't know any of those things were possible until I read for Color Girls. And when I was studying abroad in Senegal in 2010, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was trying, I was applying for a a fellowship for when I got back to the States. And I was trying to talk her through some very complicated thing that I was going to write. And she goes, well, didn't you talk about this, this, this thing with the woman and, and the book? And I was like, for Color Girl? She's like, yeah. She's like, why don't you just do that? I was like, hmm. yeah, why don't I just do that? <laughs> so, and then that was like the end, like, like, bless her in, like, in a random conversation in the library, because now that's what I do. Like, I've been doing that ever since. And, and yeah, that's pretty much how I got here. I've always loved theater. I've always loved engaging in theater and performances and dancing. And I was a dancer in high school and college. So like, it, it was just like a moment to bring all these different parts of myself together. I was a slam poet, I'm a performer, I'm a dancer, but also I'm like a literary poet in the sense that I write poems on pages. Um, and so being able to combine all those things into the choreo poem just feels like, oh, you can be your most authentic self now. And that's, and that's the win.
0: Whoa. That's great. Yeah. 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 And it just does come together. And it's, it's interesting how when you really do your thing, you really bring together the distinct and, and varied parts of yourself. And maybe that's Absolutely. why it's your thing because <laughs> yes. so many of the parts get to be part of it. They don't yeah. have somebody has As we put aside, you can bring it in and, and let it add to the whole. That's yeah. fabulous.
2: It's great. Yeah.
0: How yeah. about a, how about another poem?
2: Absolutely. I can get easy. Yeah.
0: You can tell me so many good things, uh, but we got to hear some poetry too. Back and of forth. course.
2: Of course. Right. So I am working, my next choreo poem is being published in um, summer of 2023, and it's called Roadmap. And everyone, order it um, it doesn't exist yet but it will exist so uh, from that uh, script so the premise of that book is it's about a young black man named dorian who learns that his most likely cause of death will be homicide and that's like a statistic from the cdc and so he he learns it because an ancestor shows up tells him that this is what's going to happen but he can he can avoid it And so he spends the entire show trying to avoid it. And he does it by following his family tree and being shown different options of who he could be. And so one of the poems in the show is called Do Not Pray. And it's performed by one of the versions of him who he could become uh, depending on his choices. And it's published in the American Poetry Journal. So everyone look that up, it's great. Um, But I'm gonna, I think the performance is a lot more fun than the than the thing it looks like on the page if that makes sense okay this is called do not pray when they find my body between drywall and insulation or my throat slit like a second mm. smile or my guts writhing on ashy sidewalk or my fingers digesting in the stomach of some man or my spine gunfire curled, or my eyes missing. When it is too late to ask why I was alone, or near water, or not wearing a bulletproof vest, or not studying with my friends, or not taking out the garbage, or not home watching sitcoms with my sister, do not ask who killed me, rather, dig into your own rotting cells. Ask what weapon removes and loses children like me. Exhume the graves of my mothers, do not lay pennies at my father's feet, apologize into cameras or bury me with flowers, there is not enough gold to cover silence, not enough water to erode sin, I do not want your hashtags, your legislature, your promises, no movement ever saved melanin splattered on the city's walls when they find me on a mountain, signaling God to take us back. Do not
1: pray! There's that.
0: Oh, that's lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, straightforward and strong. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Now, now you are involved in various... uh, places where you teach, of course, at the university, but, but also I think some summer program and a couple of other things. Um, what are a couple of the big points you try to make to people when you're telling them how to write?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Oh, that's a great question. Um, one of my, one of my favorite things when I'm when I revise my choreo poems, I bring a bunch of my friends over and I make them dinner and I make them read the different parts for me out loud. And one of the things I say as guidance for performers, specifically when I'm teaching performance is like believe in the punctuation. Um, And so, uh, because I think I think as as poets, we care about every single word, every single symbol, like it all matters. How much space is on the page matters. And I think that's different when you're writing fiction or nonfiction is that like the the lines matter and the plot points matter but like every single word, it's a little different for poets. I think we see it differently. And so I, I remind performers believe in the punctuation because poetry, it's all intentional. Um, so that's one thing when I'm teaching performers, when I'm teaching students, so right now I'm teaching performance poetry. So we're walking that line of like, what is a performance poem and what is not a performance poem? And the secret is every poem is a performance poem if you perform it. Um, and so, uh, so but like, I, what I work with students essentially is to emphasize, I learned this from Christopher Diaz actually from uh, Houston, Texas, is that he, he said this, we were teaching a class together for writers in the schools and he said the, don't ask me if the poem is good ask me if it's true and he doesn't mean true like capital t like or is it fact checked he means true like does it feel right to you yeah. and i think that that's that's something i emphasize with my students a lot Is just i don't i don't care if it's good i care if it's true like if you get up on that stage and you start reading it and i can feel that you care about that piece then that then, then I know that the poem is true in that sense that you you care about it, you put time in, you you want it to get better. and mm-hmm. and I think the third thing is to just like not be afraid because I think poetry can sometimes make us scared because it feels like this big beautiful you know thing mm-hmm. on a pedestal that you know, only certain people can do and and it's not true. like we can all write poems and the difference between, writing a poem that feels like a capital P poem and just writing a poem is your willingness to approach the page with curiosity and excitement and thrill. Uh, because even if you're writing a sad poem, and I write a lot of sad poems, like even when I'm, when I'm writing a sad poem, I still want the page to be a welcoming space where I can write whatever I want. And to remind yourself, it doesn't matter if the first draft is bad because no one's gonna see the first draft. Like. Right. What's ironic, too, is that Do Not Pray, what I just wrote, what I just read, I wrote it in one sitting in response to binge-watching CSI Miami for three weeks. And I hadn't written a poem in three weeks, but because I was just non stopping watching CSI Miami, and all I could think about was, like, all of these horrific murder scenes. And I'm like, let's write a creepy poem. And so, <laughs> and, like, but the version that's been published is, like, near close to the original version, simply because... I approached it with with curiosity and awe and attention, and when I went back to revise it, like that was still there, and that was what was important to me. So yeah.
0: All right. Now, not to get too picky, because <laughs> I, I don't like picky, but mm-hmm. but you you mentioned talking to the students and a performance poem and what's not a performance poem. How do we tell the difference?
2: There is no difference. I'm just
0: curious what you're going to say. That's all. <laughs>
2: There is no difference. Well, I tell students right. there's no difference because I think we have an idea of what a performance poem looks like because, you know, speaking of YouTube, like we, we get on YouTube, we look up button poetry, we look up poetry slams and events like that, deaf, deaf poetry jams mm. from years and years ago, and we watch those poets and they have a specific type of stage presence that I think determines the way that we assume performance poetry is supposed to look. But it doesn't have to be like that. Um, I, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it just doesn't have to be like that. The poem I wrote for Susquehanna, um, better about the pandemic anniversary, that was not written as a performance poem. Like it was written to be, uh, like I wasn't even going to say it actually. It It was just written to be sort of an underscore in the background of some other type of video. But then, when i finished it they were like oh you have to perform this and so when i was performing it i was like oh oh i guess this is technically a performance poem but i didn't think about it like that like i just wrote it they wanted a poem i wrote a poem yeah. and so <laughs> there's no difference it's just yeah you get up well, and well, perform it
0: the whole thing is a perform well when you put it with the film then it's like the whole thing's a performance so exactly you're in there some and you're yeah. obviously you know not a dull kind of person you're performing your poem, but that's <laughs> part of the whole part of the whole thing. Yeah. I, I think, you know, so it's just, it's, that's on our website, folks. That's uh monicaprince.com. <laughs> and it, somewhere on there, you can find out that she's doing this, which the college sent out to everyone mid pandemic called better. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of an inspirational message to the students about what they're doing and how they everybody should hang in there essentially and we'll yeah. be okay uh i guess i could say yeah. that uh,
2: oh book. yeah 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 <laughs>
0: anyway guess we should do okay. another poem then because sure. i like people to get a good sampling of the of the artist's artistry
2: of course so uh how to exterminate the black woman has an obscene amount of uh in it so <laughs> there's obscene, there's six, there's six is in it. Um, the first poem I read was a Sestina and now this is, this is another one. This is the second poem of the show and it has all of the characters and it's called, When oh, Asked cool. About Power, I'll Tell Them. This is right after Angela Fractures. When asked about power, I'll tell them. My mother said black women live in fear, anxious, born that way, brand new bodies full of panic, constantly expecting the worst never taught differently. Losing such vigilance begets our death, so we stay silent, quiet as it's kept, nursing our fury, hoping it doesn't kill us first. Hell hath no fury, like a grieving woman, paralyzed by her fear of entombing her own child, maybe herself. The news uses black bodies as jokes, target practice. You expect our hands to track every hashtag uh, name we've lost, see us. Broken in half, mouths open in silent wail, you want us to go away. Want to silence our screaming bloodlines, our vocal cords stretched furious. Will you run when we become fire? Learn to fear flame like we've learned about rope. It's a new season to murder us. Display on a wall the unexpected trophy for only recognizing loss when it destroys you. Here we separate, lose the parts of us born from complacency and silence. Find us reborn, boiling our fury until we turn steel, turn threat. We fearless women know truths. What novels are birthed in back rooms? We know what to expect. Tension is our territory. Expectation of rebellion should keep you awake. The loss of home, blood, family. Imagine the silence when we rise. Glorious, dressed in the magic of this fury, you tried to beat out of us, fearful of the day we'd wake up and claim our new names. Pay attention to this new insurrection. Do not cower here, expecting ancestral amnesia. We, the bereaved, mourning the loss of too many loved ones buried in silence, white supremacy battled in the dark. We link fury with resolve, welcome cold morning without fear. My mother said, accept silence, exercise fury, loosen fear. Our new hearts cannot. Here's a secret. No one ever expects Reckoning to be a Black girl.
0: All right. Whoa, thank you. That was lovely. And uh, that about does it. So, folks, I'm Charlie Rossiter. You are listening to Poetry Spoken here, and we're visiting with our feature Monica Prince, who is uh, in central Pennsylvania. Thanks for being here. This was really great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, be with us again next time, folks, to let poetry speak to you. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to Let Poetry Speak to You. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter-Mondley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetryspokenhere. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetryspokenhere.